0: hear me okay?
1: I can hear you just fine.
0: Awesome. How are, how is everyone?
1: <laughs> We're wonderful, Miss Vicki. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. Thank you.
1: Uh, I'm Jeff. This is Kaylin.
0: Hi. Hi. Nice to meet you both.
1: Nice to meet you. you. Welcome. Yeah. I really appreciate you taking some time to talk to us.
0: Of course, uh, my pleasure.
1: We are days before, days before the world <laughs> web comes out. Um, yes. And I got to say, I mean, obviously, the only thing that's been released right now uh, is Remnants in Time, which is an amazing song. Uh, I guess I'll ask a a couple questions about the album first, because this um, one, it's an EP, which Mm -hmm. is obviously a little bit smaller. And a lot of people be like, well, why not a full length? But um, as I'm looking at some of the lyrics and listening to the songs, all these songs pretty much tie in together, correct?
0: Yes, that's correct.
1: So that would be why we just did an EP and not added on a bunch of fillers and stuff.
0: Yeah. So originally when we reached five songs, it just kind of felt good. And we contemplated, uh, well, originally we were supposed to release this sooner. Um, Like I was supposed to go to Montreal in February, March to record. And we were hoping for like an earlier summer release. Um, But with like pandemic restrictions and all that, my my trip got delayed. So the release got delayed. Um, And then we had that question there. We're like, okay, if we're going to record, you know, three months later, should we try and write more songs and add to it? Um, But I felt like the chapter just kind of started and ended nicely. And if we wrote anything newer, it would be a different vibe and uh, thought it would be best to just save for like a full length maybe next year or the year after that.
1: So you do have some other stuff that you may have put on there that you're still kind of working with and might add on for a full length, basically, right?
0: Oh, well, the guys have written more tracks, instrumentals. um, And I toyed around with the idea of potentially like working on them. But I'm I'm a very all or nothing type of songwriter. So it's like when I start on a song, I have to finish a song. So I made the conscious decision to just like, Five songs, the story starts, the story ends. Anything else that I start writing is going to be a completely different story. Uh, so I kind of stopped myself from diving deep and and writing more music until the time comes.
1: Gotcha. Um, yeah. uh, when you're writing your songs, is it they do the music and then you do the lyrics? Or do you already have some concepts and, and writing already in place?
0: Um, so it starts with the music they write music. It's usually Danny. Um, but Simon has been contributing a lot now and Paco too. Um, they all just kind of write their own songs and then we all listen to them as a group and like, you know, comment on them, like what we like, what we don't like, what should change. Um, some songs like kind of stay exactly how they were. For example, days before the world wept, there were very small changes that happened to the instrumental of that song. Whereas Remnants in Time had like a complete tear down and reconstruct, like the first version of that song maybe only had 50 percent of the riffs that you hear today. Um, so it just really depends case by case. And usually I'm the one that comes in and has a little bit of a final say because I do most of the lyrics on my own, but all of the vocal work on my own. So, if I'm not feeling something, if I feel like this riff is out of place or like my vocals can't really fit on it, I'll kind of be like, okay, can we go back and change this a little bit or maybe like provide an idea of my own instead?
1: So, you get, I mean, so the instrumental parts you also get to kind of uh, partake in. That's that's nice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, especially remnants in time, um, me playing the piano there and The chorus, for example, was um, the chord progression was different in the beginning. And I felt like it put me a little bit in a box in terms of like the choirs that I wanted to build. Yeah. So I kind of dissected it on the piano and built some chords and send them over to to Danny and told him like, hey, can you play these chords on the guitar instead? So it's it's stuff like that where it's like it doesn't stray too far from the original idea, but I come in with something that will allow the vocals to do their thing while respecting the original vision. Gotcha.
1: Uh, yeah. I know Kaylin wanted to ask something about some of the songs.
0: Yeah, of course. <laughs> so my, my favorite song that I listened on that EP was Resurrection. So I'm just curious. I know this can be a hard question to answer for some artists, but what would be your favorite song that you released on that EP? It's really hard to tell. Um, so I love Resurrection too, but it is actually an older song. That one we oh. redid. Yeah we redid it because we felt like it just didn't get the, the attention it deserved. We never made it a single. It didn't just sound right. And it really fit with the concept lyrically this time around. So we're like, let's just re-record it. You know? Um, yeah, I love that one. Thank you. It's, it's one of my favorites, um, vocally at the very least, like singing wise, especially, I feel like I've done some of my best work there. Um, And I think the chorus to that song is the catchiest thing we've ever written. Um, And it only happens once. (laughs) Um, But I really do love remnants as well for like the eerie piano sort of vibe going on. And I do really like um, Days Before the World Wept, too, as just as a whole, as I feel like it's like the perfect closing song.
1: Yeah, I found it interesting because you just said that there's not that many changes to that song. But that song is all over the place as far as I mean, the change, not the changes as far as what you did to manipulate it. But the actual song itself, there's different changes and the finishes.
0: Yeah, for sure. I meant I meant that like it was one of the demos that when we heard it, everything just flowed really well. I think there were a few changes in terms of like rhythm. And of course, the drums got rewritten by Simon. Um, so that kind kind of completely transforms the song. But in terms of like guitar riffs and structure and all that, I think it was maybe like 90 something percent what the demo was. It was just one of those songs where the instrumental, the demo instrumental kind of like hit the nail right away.
1: Have, have you had <laughs> songs in the past where it was like somebody just came up with the music side and you guys were like, that's it. And you didn't, you
0: just didn't change anything. Yeah, yeah, that that has primarily been the formula in the past, um very minimal changes. I think this time around we did more changes because we felt a little more I want to say um uh what's the word I'm looking for? We were looking we knew what we were looking for in terms of sound and cohesiveness and we just like I think it's experience. You can't really you can't buy that. You know, it comes with time. And we we knew what works, what doesn't work. And some riffs just felt out of place with the concept, like the, the darkness in the lyrics and all that. So it felt a bit easier to just kind of rework some songs. But in the past, I would say most songs instrumentally didn't undergo too, too many changes.
1: Yeah. Um, is this your first time working with Christian Donaldson?
0: No, he's our longtime producer. Um, The only album the band has never has didn't work with him on was five. Everything else we've worked on with him.
1: Do you find that um, your guys music has had changes throughout the years, obviously, Mm -hmm. in progression and growth. So I'm assuming he's does he become more a part of that or less a part of that as he kind of goes along with you guys?
0: Well, I think Chris has grown immensely. Like if you listen to the production on the first albums versus the CP and some other bands that he's done, like to me, he's one of the best producers in metal right now. Um, and he's a very nice guy, very easy to work with, but he knows what he wants, especially when it comes to heavier stuff. Like uh, he's also the lead guitar player of um, Cryptopsy, which is yeah. extreme death metal band. Right. So um, every time he's dealing with extreme metal, he knows what he wants. He tells you like, like for the screams, for example, he will tell me right away, no, do that again. That was shit, you know, (laughs) Um, but for the singing, he's kind of like more laid back, you know, kind of lets me do my thing. Um, So he's like, he's definitely gotten better through the years. We've gotten better throughout the years. And I think just like the chemistry was always there and it's just much better now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and you talked about chemistry. I don't want to do too much in the past, but I know when you first got into the band, it was probably a little bit, a little bit rough and kind of a weird situation. Um, writing songs with the band then compared to now, I'm assuming it's changed immensely and probably a lot more comfortable because And it's been what it's like seven years now that that this band has been complete. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Seven years. Right. (laughs) Does
1: that make it, um, I mean, I'm assuming that makes it easier and, and, you know, kind of taking feedback from each other and whatnot. It's probably more cohesive, I guess is the word. I think you used that earlier.
0: Yeah. I mean, my relationship with my band members was great from the beginning. Um, They definitely didn't make me feel weird or out of place or anything like that. Um, However, I think, you know, replacing anyone or, or just joining an existing band that has a sound can be, you know, a daunting task for anyone. Um, but I think the problem with the agonist up until let's say orphans was maybe that they didn't exactly know what kind of sound they were going for. And that's why you see the changes from album to album in sound. And I can only do, so much, you know, like I get the tracks and I put my voice and my lyrics on the tracks, but if I'm not the one in control of the music, then, you know, I can't, I can't do something with that. So I think orphans was the big moment where the band decided, okay, let's go heavy, let's go dark, extreme, unpredictable. And then I was like, by that time I was already in the band for four years or so. So I felt comfortable enough to just be like, okay, now I get to do my own thing and the music allows for it as well. Um, I'm sorry. It got so dark, by the way. <laughs> it's been like super sunny and then all of a sudden clouds.
1: <laughs> well, you're in the Midwest, right? So I think that just happens a lot. <laughs> I'm,
0: a- I'm actually in Montreal right now, but are um, you? yeah. Do you want me to just open the curtain a little bit? Get some sunlight in here?
1: Sure. Whatever you feel like. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you did talk about going darker with everything. Right? <laughs>
0: I think that's a little better.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I can see it.
0: Much brighter. (laughs) Yeah, it's from one side, but better than nothing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It was fitting, though. I mean, you were talking about going heavier and all of a sudden it it went down a little bit. (laughs) It's almost like you're doing a video at the moment, which I guess that's what I'll ask now. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you talk about the remnants video. I I think it obviously definitely goes along with the song. It's
0: it's very dark.
1: Uh, Is that you guys come up with your concepts of your videos? Is that somebody else who directs it?
0: So the videos, all of our recent videos, since actually um, My Witness, Your Victim from Eye of Providence have been um, directed and edited by our bassist, Chris Kells. Um, All of them. So same story here what he does usually is listen to the songs and kind of comes up with his own ideas. And then he comes to me and he asks me, okay, what, what does this song mean to you? Like, what are the lyrics about and all that? And we kind of just like bounce ideas off each other. Um, Cause sometimes the literal representation of the lyrics isn't possible to portray in a music video. And sometimes it is. So if it's not, we look for alternatives. We look for like, imagery and metaphors and stuff like that that can still kind of give you that energy um so a similar thing happened with remnants it was just me and him sort of bouncing ideas until we figured out what will work and what will be possible to do
1: which do you like more do you like doing the theatrics and and makeup or do you just like doing the, the basically like the live music so to speak
0: well, I think the the theatrics like the makeup that you said is definitely like it's an experience it's a unique experience um, and it's not something we're going to start doing for every live show like we're not going to become a band <laughs> like you know um, Slipknot or Cradle of Filth or whatever that has like the huge visuals with masks or makeup or anything yeah. like that so it's definitely a fun experience for me because I'm like okay I'm doing this right now and who knows if I'll ever get the chance to do this again. To drown in shallow waters And I feel When the night is done, you'll be
1: I gotta ask Let, yeah. let's let's talk about the rapping
0: <laughs> oh that's yeah okay sure
1: <laughs> <laughs> make believe is actually a really good song i mean it's, thank I, you I, I, and i know i i'm a metalhead. i'm a punk uh, a little bit of reggae i don't really dabble into hip-hop much but when you get into you know something like six Sense, and it's it's along the lines of uh um I don't know more of like a hip hop metal which is really cool to see. How how did this come about because I I never would have guessed.
0: <laughs> right. I I would have never guessed either. <laughs> <laughs> um well first of all, like you said it's really different and I think that that's what was important for me. Like being in a band like the Agonist, I would never ever like create or join a band that does something similar. Um cuz I feel like yeah, that just puts you in a box, right? And I'm musically as far as like my interests go i'm all over the place i really do feel like there's good artists and bad artists in every genre of music and i do listen to so many different things depending on my mood you know so um i just like i had this open mindedness to begin with to start with and it just it was something that randomly happened um there was a band here in montreal that were looking for a new vocalist um They were named Keychain at the time. And my husband, Robbie, auditioned for that band. He's the rapper and screamer in Sixth Sense. And um, they really liked his voice. However, they felt that, you know, for the band to succeed, they wanted singing. They wanted those catchy choruses. And um, I helped him out with a few demos. We wrote a few demos with like, okay, how would this sound if there were two vocalists in the band? And Make Believe was actually the first song that we wrote with two vocalists in mind and, um, the band heard it, everyone heard it and they were just kind of like, well, why don't we ask Vicky to be in the band, you know? And, um, at first I was like, this is kind of crazy, you know, should I do this? You know, I felt like some people would have mixed reactions over it, but then, you know, me joining the agonist was something that people had mixed reactions on. So like, I, I just told myself like, don't, Don't think that way. You know, like, do you like the music? Um, And I did like the music. So that was it.
1: Do you worry about that much, though, as an artist? And when you're kind of portraying your stuff, when you write, you write for you more than you actually look at it and say, well, gee, I wonder if someone's going to like this. Or do you say this is me? This is how I feel. And the music kind of portrays it.
0: Yeah, I think as an artist, I always did write for me. I never even joining the agonist. I always wrote for me. I never I didn't go back to like the previous material and, you know, sit with it and be like, okay, what do fans want to hear? I just did what felt natural to me, because if you're writing what people want to hear, then maybe you're not going to be happy performing it. Yeah. Um, But I will say that being involved in multiple projects helps a little bit because like i have all these sides to me musically that perhaps if i was only in one band only doing one thing i would feel a little bit like oppressed <laughs> musically at least not yeah. not like as a person but musically so i get to really appreciate that like okay now after doing three full length albums and an ep with the agonist i know what this band should sound like and i can put that side of me in this and then I can take other parts of me and do it like with Six Sense or with covers or anything. And I feel like that way I'm finding the balance of doing something that I love, but also respecting the vision of what people expect.
1: Yeah. Now, so is Six Sense something that might take off and you might tour with and do?
0: That is the goal. It? That is the goal. I'm at that life, you know, I'm at that life. Sorry. I'm at that point in my (laughs) life (laughs) where I don't really spend time on things that aren't serious. Um, especially last year. I don't, I don't know what happened maybe because of the pandemic people were staying at home a lot. And I surprisingly got like way more requests for like features or, or anything musically, you know, and I basically reached that point where I, I could not like say yes to everything i had to like really sit down and be like okay what is what do i enjoy musically Mm -hmm. but is also a good opportunity for me in my career versus you know just hey we're friends let's make a song together but this isn't really going to take us anywhere yeah so yeah i have to love the music but i also have to see an opportunity in it
1: are there other compilations that you want to do or is it kind of just as it comes
0: I don't know. (laughs) So like I'm uh, this last year, I've been like really, really active on Twitch, for example. Yeah. And I've been like performing and doing like cover requests and stuff like that. And people have gotten me to do some weird, weird choices musically that, you know, um, I'll record them on the spot and then like do a rough mix and like make it available for some people to listen to. They're not like full blown covers that go on YouTube, you know. Yeah. Um but sometimes people listen to them and they're like, "Oh, I didn't know Vicky could sing like this" or like this genre of music. I'd love to hear her do a project like this and I'm like, "Damn it, another project?" <laughs> you know, like the other day we were listening to um a lot of like sort of folk, not folky, but like bluesy music. Okay. And I was like, "Damn, but like dark blues music." And I was like, "Damn, I'd really love to do this like at some point in my life and people were like, you should, you should. And I'm like, um, maybe in 10 years from now when like, you know, extreme metal is a little too much and I need to like tone it down.
1: <laughs> when you're ready for that smoky whiskey room and it's just a lot slower, but a little bit of distortion.
0: You yeah. Can still which I the love. Vocals, yeah. Yeah. Which I absolutely love. Like that's, that's one of like, the first things that I started doing in terms of vocals, like challenging myself was that, but at the same time, you know, I'm only one person and I can't, like, I think there's too much going on right now. <laughs>
1: um, so when you first started, I mean, obviously like you, you know, you were doing more of like a, a regular vocals, I guess, or, stre- you know, more classical, so to speak, mm-hmm. not classical per se is a genre, but just classic, like just general, voice. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Uh, <laughs> when you first started out, did you think you were going to get into doing like more of like a throat sound and the screaming?
0: No, not at all. <laughs> I, I, I loved bands like that. Like my first experience with like heavier, like harsh vocals, not just heavier. Cause there's heavier singing too, but like, you know, death metal vocals, I guess. Yeah. Um, was when I was still in high school and I discovered like, like the whole, Swedish death metal scene. So like bands like at the gates and dark tranquility and flames, all that stuff. And at first I didn't even like it. Like I, I didn't understand as a singer, as a person that's always been singing, I didn't understand why anyone would choose to scream like that. (laughs) Um, but it grew on me. Like I started, um, I really, really liked the music Um, in those bands. And then I just kept listening and listening. And I started realizing that the vocals, you know, are on par with the music and add to it and don't like all the melody in those bands is in the instrumentals. So I'm not missing the melody with the vocals being harsh. Um, And so there were bands that I listened to for many years since then, but I never thought that I would do that. And it all kind of just started as a joke. It was like, I was doing covers on my YouTube channel and we were hanging out with friends at like a popular metal bar. And, um, like I did like a a growl as a joke. And one of my friends was like, you should do a cover, you know? And I did it like at home and it was horrible. Like the next day I couldn't talk, (laughs) but you know, practice makes perfect. They say, I guess. So, Here we are.
1: (laughs) There are tutorial videos on how to do all the different styles of screen music. So,
0: yeah. And at this point I find like there are a lot and a lot of them are good. Um, Back when I first started, I like a lot of them weren't really helpful. So I kind of had to find my own way. Um, But now I think definitely there's like, like super. Like very helpful guides out there for someone to learn.
1: Well, and interesting thing. And I think I've had this conversation a lot. It fascinates me that um, no one ever thought, I think that that women Mm -hmm. female vocalists would be basically taking over this genre. I don't think anybody ever saw that coming, but there's a large number of bands and artists that, that are doing it with female fronted bands and dominating the, the business. Not that there's a, a race or anything, but I mean, and you're, and you're well within that whole group. Is that still kind of weird to think of it that way?
0: Um, no, I mean, to me, it's never been weird. It's, it's, it's a vocal technique. If one, (laughs) like if one gender can do it, then so can the other, the result, it's going to sound different, like nine out of 10 times you can tell when it's a male voice behind the microphone or a female voice unless we're talking about those extreme cases where there are certain men that sound like women and vice versa. Um, but I mean, you see the opposite, especially in metal, you see male singers trying to sing like women all the time. Yeah. <laughs> That's how like, you know, power metal or like this whole like emo metal genre was created with like guys trying to sing hoop super high pitched. And, um, so I don't see why the other way around is weird. You know, I think, They're just vocal techniques, and anyone is capable of them.
1: Gotcha. (laughs) I feel like music might be kind of a switch for you, because I'm on stage, you're a lot more aggressive. And as you sit here and chat with us, you're very relaxed and kind of laid back. Uh, Is there some kind of prep you do before you go on stage, or is it just as soon as the music hits, there's a whole different person on there?
0: Um there's no prep really like I do like a basic warm up just to you know make sure my voice is okay um mostly for like the next day um but no there's no like ritual I'm not one of those like people that are just like like leave me alone I need to like zone in and I don't do any of that I'm I'm pretty like you said laid back um I think what happens is just something I've realized a lot these like last two years is that your facial expressions and your body movements or your body language in general will affect how your voice um, comes out. So like, if you want to sound like a monster, but you don't look like a monster, you're not making that face. You're not having that power stance. It's going to come off weak. Um, and this is something that a lot of people realize, especially in the facial expressions that they really influence the sound coming out so I think once I, I took note of that I just kind of like let myself relax and just go with it and I'm always just like when I'm performing I'm a mix of like in my own world but also connecting with the crowd and I can hear like directly in my ears what my voice is sounding like and I think that just kind of carries me throughout the entire show
1: all right, what's that feeling on stage when people are shouting the lyrics back at you? All that hard work, all that effort, and you're on stage doing that, doing the body language and facial expression. And yeah. there's 50 people, you know, just because it's the front row, not 50 people in the room, thousands yeah. of people in the room, but the 50 people in the front row, all with their hands outstretched to you, screaming the lyrics back to you. What does that say to you?
0: Yeah, there have been a few moments where it's like transcends beyond the front row where, you know, I see a lot of people singing like the choruses, let's say, because like that's the easy lyric, like parts to remember lyrically. And um, it's a crazy feeling because it's like, especially in metal, I find lyrics tend to get overlooked. They're not like the primary focus for fans. It's usually like the music and the vocals. Um, So when you actually see people singing along and you know, maybe they know the lyrics, maybe they half know the lyrics and they're kind of mumbling. That's fine, too. Um, it really hits home because you're like, I created this work of art and, you know, it's very subjective. Um, but it seems like these people here are really enjoying it and we're kind of connecting over that. And it's it's really surreal. Like um, it happens. And then sometimes I'm like, wait, did that really happen? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Are you one are you one that after the show um, you go out and talk to fans or are you just more of like yeah. an introvert with that? OK, I,
0: I always do. We always like as a band, um, if we're able to, of course, go out to the merch table and hang out with fans and stuff like that. Um, as a vocalist, I kind of have to take it easy and like not talk too much after a show, especially like say that there's another band playing after us and we're hanging out at the merch and you're trying to talk over loud music. Yeah that could like damage you. (laughs) So I have to like, it's a lot of like nodding and smiling, you know? Um, (laughs) but yeah, I do it all the time. And I think the reason I do that is it's, it's just as important for me as it is for the fans. Like I remember being in that position when I was, you know, 14 or 15, 16, going to my first shows and like being able to actually meet the artist, even if it was just for a quick minute, you know, and how that made me feel. So if I can do the same and give a little bit of that back, you know, it, it makes me happy. Okay.
1: Is there a tour coming up? I don't know that.
0: Um, well, technically there was supposed to be one in Europe, but it's looking very grim right now with like the restrictions, yeah. traveling restric- restrictions for like Americans to go into Europe. So I'm not hopeful that that's going to happen. Um but we are trying for like at least next year, um, a few opportunities. We'll see what actually ends up happening. But for now we're just like doing the best with, with what we can, you know, from home because, um, yeah, we've, we've had a lot of like tours and schedules that like were supposed to happen and they just fell through and we just never announced anything because we didn't want to get people's hopes up, hopes up, you know? So let's hope that changes next year.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's gotta be a pain in the butt, you know, you get it going and then people still, you know, people start buying tickets and you're like, Oh wait, you get refunds yeah. and everything else. It's definitely a pain.
0: Yeah. And, and that's another reason why, um, in retrospect, I'm very happy. We're only doing an EP cause like orphans came out in 2019 and we only really did one tour for it. And then the yeah. pandemic hit so I would have it would have like crushed me, I guess, to put out another full length and not be able to tour that one as well. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm happy. It's an EP.
1: Well, and then I guess next year, hopefully, if you do it, you're going to have uh, you'll have Orphan, you'll have this and potentially yeah. another album coming out or at least some songs to try out with the audience as you go through. So no yeah. problem on fresh material, I guess, when you start going <laughs>
0: yeah so. for sure for sure
1: all right it's kaylin do you have any more I do questions have a question.
0: you? i'm yeah. gonna bring it back to where we were like 20 minutes ago though <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna bring it back to the remnants in time song um i saw that it was on spotify's like new metal release music how did that make you feel was that like super exciting i imagine that i would be excited yeah yeah for sure i was wondering you know i didn't know um if it was going to be But, you know, part of me, I do follow that playlist along like with other metal playlists. And I was checking every week and I was seeing that like a lot of the metal bands that I know and listen to or newer ones were getting on that playlist for at least a week, you know. So I was like in the back of my head, I was like, there's no way we're not going to be on this playlist. Like, come on, there's all these bands, you know, at least like I said, for one week hitting it. So I I was very like confident that that was going to be the case. And I'm happy that it was um, because, you know, uh, something to keep in mind, of course, is that as a band, you tend to think that of your existing fans and that they know you and that you you write new music and you release it and you think, are people going to like this? But I think it's even more important to try and reach new fans and grow your fan base. So that's just one of the ways that you can do that. So, of course, I was really happy when I saw that. (laughs) (laughs)
1: nice yeah well vicky um we are excited for the album to come out um on well the ep excuse me on friday we've heard it we love it uh i always feel special when i hear something ahead of time i'm like i know something (laughs) you don't know i was literally Uh,
0: thinking that this morning when i was listening to it i was like okay i get to listen to it early (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure Uh
1: but it's really good. I, uh, and the concept a lot, you know, how the songs roll in together. If if you're, if you're paying, like you said, I mean, Mm -hmm. sometimes people don't necessarily pay, pay attention to the lyrics, just the vocals and how they go with the song. But, um, if you pay attention to the majority of the lyrics, you can kind of see where everything kind of plays in together. Um, I I guess, you know, I have a question about that. I guess it is when you have a certain, um, metaphor or feeling or subject for a song, I'm not sure. I'm sure it doesn't necessarily bother you, but does it always, do you get a little, um, I don't know, I guess put off when someone doesn't understand the, uh, the exact, uh, concept or meaning of the song? Uh,
0: not at all, not at all. And that's because the way I write my lyrics, um, there's always like the meaning that I was thinking of, but they're always written in a way where it's like, there's multiple, you know interpretations depending on who's listening, who's reading. And I usually want people to relate to it in a way. Um, and for this EP, I really felt like thematically, it's sort of like like a like one of those TV shows, um if I had to like compare it, um, where it's like there's a season, let's say season one of a TV show, and there's like the main theme that's happening over all the episodes but then each episode has its own little story that happens. And I really do feel like this is the case with BP. So it's like, there's the general concept, but then within each song, there's like individual stories and they're written in a way where it's really up to interpretation. And it's happened in the past where someone thought, you know, a song meant one thing when I wrote it a different way and they explained it to me. And I was like, oh, okay, I can see how you got that and it it actually makes me I don't know it makes me feel proud in a way because I feel like it's art is very subjective and when it's able to hit people differently and they can still relate then that's like a check mark you know like you hit the the box with that yeah
1: yeah very cool (laughs) all right Vicky thank you so much for being on with us um I can't wait for the album to come out and see or the EP to come out and see how everybody takes it. Uh, I I think it's going to be great. I wish you a lot of luck with it. Um, Hopefully the tour takes off um, next year and you guys can get out there and uh, uh, show everybody all the stuff you've been doing because it's, you know, Spotify helps and and social media helps and the videos help, but, but, you know, playing live in front of people is such a best, the best way for anyone to receive a song. Uh, So, um,
0: I we're agree. excited for it. I think it's gonna be awesome. Thank you, so, thank you so much. And well, we're definitely excited to play shows again after you know two years of not playing shows, so yeah, <laughs> <I> can't wait.
1: <laughs> yeah I'm sure you're itching for it. I mean that's yeah. that's is, do you like recording over playing live or is just playing live just so much better?
0: uh i no i'm I'm about the recording um oh, really yeah oh, well, the creating. Okay.
1: That, that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I, I do you. also like I, I learned to love live shows. I used to dread them because I'm not like I'm I'm pretty introverted and I wasn't like initially I was like a little bit, you know, um shy in front of a lot of people. But then I learned to love that as well and to to get that response and that connection with people. But I feel like the inception of the music is um where it's at you know because without that you can't even play the live shows so yeah. <laughs> that's what's most important to me true yeah
1: that's a good way to look at it yeah <laughs> I got you cool all right Vicky good luck with everything
0: Hopefully thank we'll you talk
1: to you soon uh, maybe at a show
0: yeah so. amazing thank you so much for having me
1: all right well take care and have a great day
0: you too all right, see y'all. <laughs> bye 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 and you'll be